Hello and welcome to another episode of the Every Bite Counts podcast. I'm here with my co-host Marcello, and uh, how's your day going, man? We just went to uh, we just went to the Museum Tavern. That was our first time going there. They actually have uh, an iconic burger that we've kind of had our eye on for a long time, and we went out of our way to uh, to go there and and get some pictures of that burger. Uh, yeah, what did you think of it overall, man? Well, it was. Uh pretty like taste wise was really nice um but in other categories it did lack like uh, the size of the burger was like maybe a quarter of a size of like a you know like a top gun or aussies or like a gladiator kind of burger and yeah. it, it was um very expensive it was 20 22 dollars with tax for the burger um yeah 20 20 20 dollars for the burger and uh and some fries uh yeah, granted, it was a double patty burger, but um, yeah, no, not not the not the biggest burger. Like those might might have been what? Like those were probably less than four ounces. I think eh? together those, those patties. I think together it was four ounces. It was like two and a half ounces, maybe five together. But it yeah. was very small. But you know, it's all honestly with them. It feels like it's more about like location because they're kind of in Yorkville area, right? So they they know the the audience that they're catering to. But, um, yeah, so we, we had that. I think we got some great pictures. Um, I'm yeah. actually editing one right now. Marcello is editing one right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we wanted to, today we want to talk about the Instagram algorithm and more specifically uh, the fact that they have taken away likes. And, um, yeah, so they've taken away likes on Instagram and the they're starting with Canada. They, they decided to do this little guinea pig uh, experiment. They, obviously, they started with Canada as the, uh, as the test to see how this works out for them. We were just kind of like looking at an article there, and um, the, one of the head uh, executives of Instagram, his exact words, or I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but uh, his, his words were, we want people to care a little bit less about likes and engagement and spend more time connecting with those that they actually care about. Now, yeah. what do you actually think that means? Do you think it's genuine or do you think there's like a uh, agenda, a hidden agenda behind that statement? Yeah. Okay, so I would say 100% if you're actually thinking for yourself <laughs> or <laughs> at least from, from my perspective and my opinion, uh, if you read between the lines on what he was saying there, you can form your own opinion and it has very little to do with what he would have said in like a press conference. Let's start, let's take this way back, okay, to Facebook. Because in order to understand what they're trying to do with Instagram right now, you got to go back and you got to take a look at Facebook. Facebook, although it was originally developed by Mark Zuckerberg to be sort of a thing that would connect uh, people, right? Mm -hmm. He actually started. If you've seen the, have you seen that movie, The Social Network? Yeah, it was for college mm -hmm. kids, right? Basically, to like connect with like other students and stuff like this yeah like he started he started it with um it actually being like 
just universities, like yeah, American yeah. universities. And he actually pr- uh, specifically started with the uh, the big schools, the um, like Yale, yeah, Harvard, Harvard all, all of those, to basically connect those pools of students. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow he was able to like kind of hack into those databases and and then connect all those students so that they could uh, they could all kind of connect. And it was very kind of cliquey and and all of that but it, it definitely grew from there obviously to the to the point where it was then just for like all people to connect no, and not even just in North America then the world right but although it started like that and I mean he might have had the foresight to even know where it was going to go you know he's a he's a smart guy right he might have had the intent of growing it into something that was going to be a high traffic platform that could then have advertisements on it and then you could monetize the platform by selling ad space to companies which you did right well that's what happened in the in the uh in the long term now did he have that foresight maybe not when he was just you know a uh, university student or college student he might not have known exactly where it was going to go he was just maybe kind of like an inquisitive guy very cr- uh, creative and smart and uh just created it not knowing where it was going to go and it eventually became what it became um but yeah, to, if we're starting there, um, these, these platforms were developed to be very user-friendly and to basically be om- like addictive, essentially, right? Uh, the, even the concept of likes and uh, likes and comments and, you know, and all of that, it does release kind of like almost a dopamine... It's like a, a dopamine hit to your brain, you know, um, and just the way that the platform is designed, how it, it's so user-friendly, you're just scrolling through, seeing what all your friends are doing and all of this. It's definitely developed to be addictive and uh, to keep people on the platform. One of the things that at a certain point they definitely um, took into consideration was that they wanted to keep people on the platform. And then... When you're keeping enough eyes on a platform like that, at that point, you can most definitely sell ad space. Now, you'll also... Do you remember how with Instagram, the actual founders of Instagram actually left? Did you hear about that? No, I actually had no idea. So Facebook purchased Instagram however many... Uh, years ago maybe it was like a year or two ago it wasn't that long ago but soon after they purchased Instagram the the two co-founders actually left Instagram and I I read about it or I heard about it afterwards and uh, it was actually apparently because they didn't like the direction that it was uh, that Mark Zuckerberg was taking it in so I think the things that would have been discussed in that boardroom that they probably didn't like were were some of these things like the changes in the algorithm, the maybe more of a direction leaning more towards get, selling more ads as opposed to being it, it more being more of a community for people. It was like how do we get people to buy more ads? And I think that Zuckerberg was probably the one that uh, was was starting to talk about things like let's take away likes, let's get people to buy more ads, let's change the algorithm. Basically, all of 
all of what I'm saying though would basically all add up to people buying more ads. Um, and I think that's what the, the co-founders had a problem with, prob- probably, if I were to guess. Yeah. Well, because you got to, you know, look at the bigger picture. And um, having likes shown and, you know, that's all these, like, analytics that we can access on social media, specifically Instagram. They're very accessible. So for influencers, they make a lot of money off, you know, their posts, uh, promoting various companies on their social media. So by taking away the likes, it actually hinders their influence and by changing this algorithm too, right? So right now you're actually pushing the influencers away and you're saying, whoa, whoa, don't worry. You'll still get the advertisement, but do it through us. Because if you notice on the uh, advertisement part of Instagram where you can do a promo, it doesn't tell you how you know many... What? It doesn't tell you how we're, many... We're jumping ahead a little too much though. Um... I want, okay, so we've just basically talked about like kind of like Facebook and how they purchased Instagram and then how the co-founders left. Can I go, can I say something about Facebook bro? Yeah, sure. Bring it back, bring it back. So this whole Instagram thing with like changing algorithms and stuff like this actually reminds me of in Facebook about 10 years ago, maybe more, when they actually switched from the Facebook wall to the timeline. And everybody freaked out about it because it was like such a... It's like, why would you ever change the layout of Facebook? It was so good. Do you remember that when they changed it from like a wall to the timeline? It wasn't always timeline. Okay. It used to be different. It was like posting on your wall rather than posting on the timeline. Wow. It was completely different setup. That really takes it back for me. Um, uh, Of course, I... Yeah, of course, at one point, I was definitely a Facebook user. But it just... Honestly, that was such a long time ago. But I think what we, the question we got to ask ourselves is, though, like, how does changing the algorithm, because that was the first thing that they did, right? Algorithm changes. How does changing the algorithm and how does uh, moving away from a time-based new, uh, feed and taking away likes, how do these things get people to spend more money on ads? You know what? How rude of me. I didn't even say where we're filming today's episode of the podcast. Uh, we are at Gabby's Restaurant on Bluer, uh, very near St. George Station. Probably so, uh, serving the neighborhood since 1989. 1989. Wow, that's three years after I was born. Wow. And Marcello wasn't, even born. wasn't it was just a, wasn't a little even. glimmer in his father's eyes. And his balls. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> this is a PG-13 show. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just kidding. Actually, in our last podcast, uh, we got uh, we actually went kind of rated R, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. We uh, yeah, yeah. a few touchy subjects and whatnot. Yep, some vulgar language. Yeah. I actually uh, I told I told people like, don't play this in front of your kids. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were talking about the the changes that Instagram has seen over the years, right? Uh, yeah, you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to, like to hear your perspective on like what's the what does it what matters about like why does it even matter that they're doing this whole change? Like like explain to me because I just want to hear your perspective on like what the difference is between like the old way and the new way of uh, you know likes and uh, in terms of how I feel about it. Or? Like not necessarily how you feel, but 
further like explain what they are like what okay. the difference is between the old style of advertising or the old ag- algorithm versus okay. the new algorithm yeah and what the advantages and disadvantages if there is any advantages i don't even know right so so yeah i mean and that's what yeah that's what i was gonna say is like um you'll remember the days when instagram was all time-based so what if that, you what does that basically mean time-based yeah yeah. <laughs> if you posted it, so if you posted it at five fifteen, okay, your post would actually show. It would show up on people's feeds as a five fifteen post, and then it would go in sequential order, meaning that someone that posted at five seventeen would come after that, and so on and so on and so on. Now, that's really great for initially building a community and getting more people on your platform because in those days I'm sure everybody was just winning you know what I mean because I guess like those were also the days the days where businesses weren't using uh, the Instagram platform as much though right because Instagram was just building up its uh, user base at the time right for personal use only yeah it was more about people like you know you'd post a picture of your cat yeah well do you when when, when did you get on Instagram personally Uh, 2013 Okay. My first personal account, like, but I didn't really post much. It was just like one picture, and then I, I would post every six months, maybe. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, it wasn't like a, I didn't like go look for news on Instagram. Like, it's completely changed. And in those days, I don't even think that there were sponsored ads. No, definitely there weren't. Not. I think this is back before sponsored was, ads as a Facebook thing only came into play like what five. Five years ago or something like that maybe i don't want to i don't want to put a number on that but like sponsored ads are kind of more of a new thing within the last i don't know five to seven years or so i would say um but let's talk about uh time going from time-based to engagement-based and what that would uh what what that would mean in terms of um yeah, go ahead. I just have a question about the time-based thing. So you said like like people would post, let's say, at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. Now, if you were back in that era of Instagram, would you prefer to post at the same time as another big account or would you like to have your own time slot kind of thing? Personally, I would like to have to post with the big account because it's actually like a... I get the tail end of the, you know, if someone's on Instagram looking at, let's say, uh, blog TO's post, and if I posted right after them, maybe I could end up, you know, that next photo, which potentially could get me more engagement. So, yeah, you're, it sounds to me as if you're, what you're really talking about here, though, is like, would you post um, when there's going to be the highest traffic? on Instagram or would you post in a little pocket like a little wedge where it isn't as oversaturated so that potentially you'll shine through more Um, it would have been it would have been interesting back then I I actually don't remember because my head wasn't so much in the social media marketing world where I didn't think of Instagram like that way. I was, again, I was using it for personal use. Post a picture of, I, I, I've been taking food photos for a long time too, but they were just, it was for personal use back in the day and they were really shitty. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't have, I haven't even thought from that perspective. I probably just would have posted whenever. Didn't even think about it. You didn't know what I mean? Didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I see, I see. There probably would have been an advantage to both posting it in a little time where it's like not as saturated because you'll shine through versus posting during a high traffic time. Um, I think that back then everybody again was winning so much that you probably would have been able to post during a high traffic time, even though it was time based and still Kinda, get amazing engagement. It kind of reminds me of like music. Like some artists will drop, like let's say a huge artist is dropping today. Let's say uh, uh, September 5th, right? Now some, some artists will actually uh, drop their albums or projects the same day to try to catch some of that, you know, tailwind or some of that, you know. Because people are already, let's say they're going to the record store back in the day, let's say, or, so, or they're going on iTunes to buy that ah. one album. So maybe it'll come up as like new music kind of thing, you know what I mean? So that's the same kind of logic I would, I would take the Instagram with. Yeah. Here, compare it to music a little bit. Right. <laughs> so if like, if you knew that Busta Rhymes... Sure. was yeah. dropping an album back in the day and you walk to the record store <laughs> you'd want to like sort of get in on a bit of his uh write his tailcoats a little bit to yeah, use yeah. Uh, a bit of an idi- uh, idiom if it is um if you will um yes yeah, to sort of ride that wave of like oh people are already going to be at the hmv buying that new buster rhyme cd exactly so let's let's catch the See, I wonder if that worked. That. I wonder if that worked back in the day with Instagram, kind of thing, with the time slots. Because in theory, it kind of would. You know what I mean? As long as you know you're posting around the same time, you could actually catch that second post. Especially know? if they had um, post notifications. Mm-hmm. So, say back in the day, if it was time based, and you were following BlogTO, yeah. okay, and the person had post notifications on for BlogTO, and then you posted right afterwards i see what you mean like the post notification might have called them on like blog to you just posted and then you would be catching the tail coat of that by getting in right after them or something right i don't know there might have been tricks like that back in the day now you definitely can't get away with no no now now you get on there and you know most of the time like you're, you're your thunder is going to be uh, stolen sometimes. So, I don't know, but we still we still post during um, high traffic times. You know, no, you exactly. you post when the most user users are online, it's, and you just hope though that based on the algorithm that your post performs well and then gets boosted up to the top of the feed. Now, that's the perfect segue because at a certain point, Instagram realized let's move from time based into engagement base. Let's make it more, instead of being about time, let's make it more like a popularity contest. Now, what do you think, why do you think they would do that? I just gotta think about that for a second. Um, The only thing I can think about is, uh, hmm. I I honest to God, actually, I'm completely clueless. I don't have my own opinion on that. I wanna hear yours. And maybe so, I can form mine from there. So, like, when they started time-based, right, it's all about community. It's about getting as many u- users on that platform as possible. Mm. It's nice and fair for everyone and all this. But eventually, once you get so many users on the platform, it's also about providing the most highly entertaining, curated uh. experience for the user and having it so only the most top popular content reaches the top of their feed and what does that do 
It keeps people on the platform longer. And it's like, you don't need to go to Facebook anymore. You don't need to go to Snapchat anymore. Stay here on Instagram. It's the coolest spot. All the best content gets right to the top of your feed. Don't worry. We got you. Okay, now I completely understand. And the funniest thing about what you just said is I think Facebook owns both those platforms. Uh, Well, they obviously own Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. So it really doesn't matter. It's almost like a shift. They're just moving their... you know what I mean? Do they own Snapchat now too? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know oh what? It, God. Do you know what it is? And what's up? Do you know what it is really? It's because I think I know why they actually they moved all the traffic to Instagram, and it actually makes a lot of sense because if they purchased Instagram, right, and Instagram's nothing, then when Facebook dies, they have nothing to make money on. But if they transition everybody to Instagram, then Facebook, let's say, it did fail or something. It's okay because 80% of their audience went to Instagram, so they're still yeah. making money, and they're going to continue to do this with however many apps they have. Just buy the next hot thing. It's genius. And they're probably going to purchase TikTok at a certain point, too. On the clock. <laughs> but, um, no, I completely, I completely agree with, uh, I completely agree with uh, Mike's uh, uh, point of view about the engagement and why they switched over. Um, another thing Which, we didn't... Brings us to the next thing, too, right? Is that where, um, I was going to say, is that where the hashtags and all that came into play? Hashtags have been around for, since day, day one yeah, on but Instagram. that was always an engagement thing, right? That wasn't, that wasn't anything to do with, like, a time. That had to do with discovery. And that's one thing that Instagram kind of... I think Twitter had hashtags as well. Twitter has hashtags as well. Still do. But, like, it was about people being able to discover things based on their interests. So if you want to search hashtag burger, you could discover every other person that was using the hashtag burger hashtag. Okay, okay. well, I have a question. It's actually like not really like, you know, something I'm curious about. It's just like, what if Instagram, yeah, they took away likes, but then they put like views or like reach right on the, you know, like instead of saying like, let's say 400 likes, they put like 5,000 reach right on your photo i think that would even be really good because this way it actually exaggerates the uh you know like because not everybody knows what the word reach means or views right so when you put that on right on the photo and it's like ten thousand reached it actually makes like actually hypes up your post a little bit more and i think that would actually benefit but they would never do that no because that would just help the uh, it would help the influencers like imagine on mike (laughs) imagine one one of your posts it just said 26,000 reached or viewed on a photo, not a video, a photo. That would be nuts. Like, people would just be like, holy shit, this guy's getting 26. Let's see what he's going on. But then it would make it too much of an easy buyer's market yeah. for companies scouring social media for influencers. So basically, so, you're saying they're doing the, the opposite, right? They don't. All, about the, all, of, all, about all the of this opposite. is about moving away from exactly what you just said. So. Because they're not making it uh, influencer friendly. They're making it business friendly and Instagram. Like, so basically, it's easier for the businesses to access Instagram's advertisements rather than uh, making it easier for them to... They don't want to make it some pick and choose buyer's market for companies no to select influencers. There's no option. Instagram or nothing. Yeah. And the funny thing is, even as an influencer, I found since they changed this algorithm a lot before we end this segment... Um, I don't, well, we, I've been rambling for about 20 minutes or something now. Oh, no, but, no, um, we, but we got more to talk well, about. Well, anyways, this, what, this is very important. <laughs> what I was going to say is that um, 
even the influencers, if they don't get the money, if Instagram doesn't get the money from the restaurant or let's say the business, they're gonna get the money from the influencer because nine times out of 10, uh, once a month or once every couple weeks, even that influencer who's getting paid is actually gonna put money into an ad. So really Instagram's winning now double. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter if they get it from you or the restaurant, they're getting it, you know, twice. Yeah, for even sure. Even myself, with one of the restaurants I worked with, they advertised a photo I took, and I advertised it. So now, <laughs> Instagram <laughs> got double the money. <laughs> so they actually made money off the influencer. So maybe we are good for them. Anyway, um, yeah, like, interesting points for sure. But, like, what I was going to say is, when they moved to popularity-based, okay, that was actually a good idea for the platform. Like, it made it so that only the best content would shine through, right? But then, there, the problem that actually started was not the fact that it was popularity-based. The problem that started is that people started to manipulate the way that the algorithm worked using Instagram pods. Like, taking advantage of it, basically, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, well, if you knew that the algorithm worked in a certain way where it's like, if you got a certain amount of comments within a certain period of time, then your posts would hit the top of the feed, right? So then they create, you know, then bloggers and influencers and even businesses and, every, and everybody got the, the hang of that and they got the, the idea that, oh, oh if we did, uh, well, what if we just network with other people that are like-minded and also want to get their stuff to the top of the feed? then we can manipulate the algorithm to get to the very top of the feed by sort of like commenting on each other's stuff. So then that's how Instagram pods started. I also heard that there was such thing as a Facebook pod and that Facebook shut these things down like many years ago. And like, it was like, if they sensed that you were like in a huge group chat with people, they could actually like literally shut your pods down and completely block you from, you know, doing any sort of group action together because it's pretty easy to see it, I guess. Like, all they have to do, I guess, is, you know, go on the drawing board and, you know, trace out who's commenting on whose stuff and they could pretty much figure it out, like, pretty easily. But I haven't heard about Instagram pods shutting down. Have you? I don't know. No, like... Facebook, it has happened. If you actually, uh, if you actually uh, look online, you can actually see tons of, like, Facebook pods, I guess they're called have been shut down for basically the same thing as Instagram, like what they've been doing, but different scale, I guess. And I mean, not to get too off topic, but like, I feel like Facebook direct messaging also didn't have the same same limitations in terms of number of people that you could have in a DM group. And not to mention that there are groups on Instagram or uh, Facebook too, where you could have groups that have thousands of people. No, you could have a pod and, group, like a page. Yeah, and then it could be like, you just basically drop your post in that group and then everyone in the group goes and comments. So like, that's next level, right? Um, but just back to, back to Instagram, the reason why Instagram changed the algorithm so many times over the, the last couple years is that it was a lot to combat what people were doing with these Instagram pods. They didn't want and they don't want you to be able to manipulate the algorithm to get 
your post to the top of the feed. They want that to happen naturally because it's good content. Because it's all about the consumer or like user experience on these platforms. It's about it's about like for your typical average user that's using it for like their own personal enjoyment and not for business. They want them to have the most highly curated entertaining experience on these platforms possible because that keeps them on the platform longer and when you keep them on the platform longer you're able to sell more ad space because ad space comes down to impressions and if you keep the eyes on the phone or the desktop looking at the feed you're able to sell more ad space because it all comes down to impressions again i kind of agree with instagram there like i, I can like, agree with that I part like like I, I don't want to rat like a, a business to get ripped off because they choose an influencer who's really showing fake engagement like I think it kind of ruins it for the true influencers because then you're you're actually gonna you know ruin their experience you want them to have a good experience and actually get um, results from your campaign or whatever right wouldn't you agree that like it kind of hinders everybody like it hurts everybody for sure and I mean and the way that the platform for sure, yeah, yeah. The way the platform works these days as well is that it shows your post to the people who engage with your content. It shows it to them first and foremost and primarily sends your post to people that are most engaged with your account. So the problem with Instagram pods in today's uh, market is that eventually your posts are predominantly only gonna go to the people in your pods which means that you're essentially showing your post to influencers. Influencers first and regular people or consumers second. Now the problem with that is <laughs> if only the influencers are seeing your post, if you think about it from a restaurant's perspective, because obviously that's the market that we work in, what does that mean? It means that you're gonna get a bunch of influencers DMing you and saying, hey, can I come by and feature you at all this? As opposed to customers. It's not what you want, right? As a restaurant, you wanna be able to reach out to your own influencers based off of research that you've done, but you don't just wanna get bombarded by uh, a bunch of influencers who are like, hey, I saw your post from this account because we're in the same pod. <laughs> And, you know what I mean? And uh, really, it will only take someone to do like literally two minutes of research to figure out what pod you're in, who's in your pod, and uh, if your engagement's real or fake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all you gotta do is go. Let's say I go to your po your post, right? I scroll in your comments, right? Then someone comments on your post multiple times. I click on their post, see if the same people comment on both of your posts and basically you can trace it out pretty i'm surprised instagram still lets these things go on like they could really like trace it all out but i guess there's like a privacy thing where they can't really go into your direct messages right so i feel like with facebook what they probably did is they probably directly went into these dms and saw exactly what was going on and then shut them down right but with instagram you're right because although they bought, Zuckerberg bought Instagram, Facebook bought Instagram, it still kind of has probably more privacy laws built into it than Facebook did. You know all the scandal that went on with Facebook. Let's not even get into that. 
that, that will be another podcast where we talk about Cambridge Analytica. Even know what that means. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Cambridge Analytica. Uh, just to give you a little, um, just to, to plant the seed for a future podcast that we will do. I watched the documentary called The Great Hack. And what that basically discussed was there's a company, UK, UK based company called Cambridge Analytica that predominantly market or sold themselves to. Uh, political campaigns, like for example, even the Trump administration, right? They uh, they position themselves as a marketing company for um, politicians and for political movements, like Brexit. They're basically responsible for, for Brexit happening, right? But what they what they would do is they would use Facebook data, Facebook analytical data on people, okay? Yeah, and like predominantly, what they would do is they would try and sway or influence swing voters. So they're, they're not going for the hard right. They're not going for the hard left. They're going for those people in the middle who could be swayed one direction or the other. And they were sending those people propaganda through ads or also creating Facebook groups and stuff that would have like different propaganda and but making sure that these swing voters would see that suggested for you right yeah well but, but yeah but but really like ads i'm yeah. sure that yeah they're running they're, they're creating these overall like overarching like facebook groups but then from there you would then run ads because then you could target your exact demographic that you're looking from you know 25 to 34 who you know is based kind of like in the middle in terms of like politics and this and that and what they did with with people too is they used to run facebook surveys but that were they were like built on like they were supposed to be fun like they were supposed to like tell you something about yourself and this right but really, do, just do you remember like oh, yeah, did you ever do one of those i, I did i, I, did. I can't remember I, th- I think probably i did but I it was like positioned like take this little like uh, you know, survey you to see to you know to see how you relate to your friends or whatever, like, yeah, right? Yeah. But what they're actually doing is they would get whole, a whole bunch of information ba- on your character um, by the way that you answer these questions. Don't you think we kind of contribute to this whole like the Cambridge whatever you were talking about? And okay, like when we promote posts, we have the option to say eighteen to twenty-four. Uh, lives here interests in this so it's almost like we're doing what they probably used to do 10 years ago like do you know how we have the options to like you know like promote our ads to certain demographics facebook and whatever instagram probably used to be able to do that way long ago and now we finally get to use a little bit of their technology to actually advertise our own things you know what i mean well with with the whole like running ads thing i think it comes down to the intent of what you're going for like you know um cambridge analytica made brexit happen What's, i don't know what brexit is what is that uh it's basically to sum it up is the split between europe and the uk in terms of the biggest one would be their currency like splitting the the currency and that and splitting the whole financial structure um but you know, both Cambridge Analytica and the people who wanted Brexit to actually like happen would have probably gained financially from it happening. Um, I've also heard that like Brexit 
apparently hasn't fully happened yet. There might be a chance that it won't happen. Or makes we'll Brexit. 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 Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I should probably know what that means, but anyway. Um, So yeah, like to get back to where we were, it's like I I have no problem, I guess, with them uh, trying to come up with like an algorithm that would counteract the use of Instagram pods. Um, But that kind of leads into the part that I do have a problem with, and the part that I do have a, a problem with is more in it, it comes down more to what Zuckerberg wanted. I think that the co-founders of Instagram, they were part of like changing the algorithm so that it would have things built in where it's like if comments were coming in too fast from the same people every time, they would label that as a pod, right? So that was an algorithm thing where it's like, "Oh, the same people have commented, okay, that's a pod. We will keep that post. We'll bury it." Okay, that was an algorithm change that happened, right? Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's about that's about keeping the Instagram feed and keeping Instagram a community where the top content should shine through organically and naturally because people liked it, right? I'm okay with that. But what I I'm not okay with is this taking away likes thing. You're taking away the Instagram likes. But then what you're actually trying to uh, pin it on, you're trying to, you know, blame, you got to blame something. You got to make something the scapegoat. And what they, uh, what they pointed the finger at is youth mental health. Something with, very close to everybody's heart. Like everybody well, they, gets concerned. How can you argue against that? If, if I end again. You look crazy if you say something. Really. Exactly. Like the head executive said, we, we just want people to focus a little bit less on likes and a little more on the people that they connect with the most, right? So what I have a problem with is, is that they're lying to the public, but the real reason why they're taking away Instagram likes is for their own financial gain. So, I mean, I think really the question remains, why would they take away likes? Like, what's the real, what would be the real reason why they would take away likes not the youth mental health which they also tried to pin it on and not the well we really want people to uh, care less about likes as they're scrolling through the feed and focus more on the people that they connect with the most aww that's so sweet right the ironic thing but is, like who do people connect with the most on Instagram it's the ads the paid ads that's who you're actually connecting with most you see more ads than you do your personal feed well, there are a lot of ads on Instagram now. And as we did kind of say earlier, like ads weren't even always a thing on Instagram. Like I can tell you one thing for sure, when it was time-based, they weren't running ads. They were just building up the Instagram community for the purpose of like when they did get their users up. You know, I don't know how many million people use Instagram in the course of a day now, but it's a lot, I can tell you that. Um, Marcello. I just want to, I want to get your two cents on like why, what your theory, and I, I, obviously we talk about this, man. We talk about this just kind of like day to day, you know, um, between you and I, but like what, what is your theory on why they might have taken away likes, at least from Canadian users so far as sort of a test? Why do you think? 
number one, I guess we just got, uh, we're the unlucky ones that uh, <laughs> lost the draw, and I guess we're gonna have well, to. Well, we're also the, a smaller market. Yeah, we're the smaller market. Very similar, I guess, especially like Toronto, very similar to the U.S. Yeah. Major cities in the U.S., so I guess they want to get a feel of what it's like and the re reaction. And uh, I guess a lot of people felt, fell, in quotations, for the, you know, the reason behind it. Like, oh, this is great. Now people won't judge other people for their likes. But really, I, I went to high school about four years ago, so Instagram is still around five years ago probably. And that wasn't a thing. Like, just because you had more likes, than, well, I guess on Facebook it was, but, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, people didn't get bullied over that kind of stuff, right? So I really don't buy the whole, yeah. the whole likes thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody's knowing up, nobody's showing up to school the next day and being like, "You got 18 likes on your post of you, you and your dog, you, you loser." I got 250. If anything, the people who, I don't know. If anything, the people with more likes, like that, had like huge accounts on Facebook. You knew something was weird about their account. Like there'd be like kids who were like, like some dude who was like fat. Not to say anything about fat dudes or whatever, bro, but like I'm fat, I'm fat bro. too. Me too. Me Give too. me a break. Man. Me too. Me too. Yo, but I'm um, like this dude. Make me self -conscious. This guy would take a selfie and get like a thousand likes, and it's like what the fuck? We'd actually if you stuck out like that with like a thousand likes on a Facebook photo of yourself and you're not like a model, then people would be like, well, look at this guy. He's trying to be like famous or something. That's actually makes you like people were judging those people more because it was clearly fake. Okay, you know what I mean. But um, back to so like why would they take him? Why would they take? Likes away though. What what benefit you, would they have? Instagram. Do you want to hear the raw, real reason? Yo, give it to me. Give me the no, nitty no, no, don't even gritty. Okay. And uh, don't hold back. On a, never mind. Just go. Okay. <laughs> so in my uh, unprofessional opinion, I think they uh, uh, took away the likes because they want they don't want uh, businesses and people who work with uh, social media influencers to be able to uh, see analytics. Uh, um, well, easy, right? Well, they, they don't want... It used they, to be easy. Exactly. They don't want people to have all that access in the palm of their hands, right? Uh, by taking away the likes, they're actually uh, putting the uh, businesses in a corner to where it's uh, either advertised through Instagram or don't advertise at all. Yeah. And like Because now you're taking more of a risk. Exactly. If and I just see... Okay, so right now, you've got 7,200 followers, right? Yeah. Now... I know things about your account because we're friends and because I know I have my ways of seeing what your engagement is. And if I ask you, hey, your post performed really well, what were your analytics? You'll just send me that stuff, right? Yeah. But to the outside perspective of a PR person looking at your account, Can't well, see anything. they'd see that you have 7,200. Nice pictures, maybe. They might... Yeah, great photos, man. That lobster roll that you took out east, woo hoo, -hoo buddy. Jeez. Thank you. Yeah. But um, <laughs> to mirror what you were just saying is that, yes, they can see those little things up front, like your following count. Your it would take a lot more digging and you gotta, to get down to actually see what's going on You got to think what kind of age we're in. We're in an instant age, right? So by even a, a restaurant, let's say they message me, I still have to get that message. I still have to see it. Then I have to come up with a response. Then I wait for their response. It's, it takes, it's very time consuming. With the Instagram ads, it's very instant. So by giving them another advantage by doing instant ads, it actually makes it 
so much harder to go through a independent influencer rather than uh, the Instagram promotion side of things. And um, it to me, the whole reason they took it away is purely to uh, try to uh, push the sheep into uh, the proper... Uh, uh, to herd them. To herd them. Into the appropriate which, which direction. Which I, 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 I can't even... And it's like, working. I can't even, like... Okay, if I was in their position, maybe I would do the same thing. Because I'm sure in the past month or two, since they've taken away those likes, they've probably seen a, probably a 35 to 40%, maybe more, uh, increase in advertisements. Right? Not to say that, you know... Uh, people don't use influencers still because they actually do. They do. It's a little bit harder. You actually have to put a little more groundwork and get yes. you know, the nitty gritty. You know, you got to do more research now. So let's say that you know, if if you and I had a restaurant, okay, what I would do, I would ask influencers if they were comfortable with sending me certain analytic information. Now I wouldn't go too too crazy right just, just i would say i local, would just i just want to see if you're in toronto or well that's so that's demographic information but like in terms of like analytical information on how their posts perform i wouldn't be going too crazy right because i would have already done my research anyway there Ooh, are third, there are yeah. still ways to see how many likes someone has on a post if you go to your desktop and you go www.instagram.com you will still be able to see how many likes everyone has. Some accounts can so, still do that. If you're in Canada, you can still do that, guys. And some but, accounts have access, actually. And some accounts still do. It's getting really few and far between, but there are some accounts. Um, I even have some smaller accounts, and even some of the restaurants I work with da, 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 can still see likes um, on posts. So I still have my ways of seeing, oh, okay, wow, Marcello just got six seven eight hundred likes on his last post 1200 on that last burger post props to that buddy <laughs> but um but uh it takes a lot a lot more digging now and um that's why like it's making it harder for prs to to find that information, it's making it more of a timely process. It's uh, it's creating more work mm-hmm. for them. Um, and what I feel that this is all leading towards, my theory is that Instagram is not only going to sell more ads because of it, and it is. It is working with all the algorithm changes. And now I feel that there's been this like fourth wave of algorithm changes where now it's just, it's just about harnessing back businesses, any business profile, whether you're an influencer or a small business, your engagement is way down, way down. And the bigger accounts have been affected the most. Now that's to make you buy more ads and then taking away the likes is to make it harder for PRs and also make it harder for businesses to see their analytics my theory is is that the uh what the the final step that they're going to do with all these changes is that they're actually going to start um giving people the option where they're going to take away all analytic information even for business accounts and then to be a business account that sees analytics you are going to have to pay a monthly subscription that is my prediction instagram pro 
Yeah, it's going to be like the Instagram professional or Instagram business, but like now it's going to be twenty dollars a month, which is insane. That's my theory. But the thing is, twenty dollars a month for a business for a micro influencer. No, no, no. But it, it's no, 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 no. It's just going to be another expense. Now, I'm not saying I'm not trying to justify it. All I'm saying is it's going to be very easy to get people to spend that money. So let me ask you something. Okay. Would you pay $20 to have your analytics information? I guess in that situation I would. I can't say like uh, I can't I can't see it right now like cuz I have them in the palm of my hands. But um if it came to it, I guess maybe I probably would. What what do you have in the Oh, you have your analytics. Uh, yeah, right now, as of as of right now, mm-hmm. I can see all that stuff, so I'm not even thinking about that. But you know, just to put it into perspective, I guess I definitely, yeah, I would pay the twenty bucks because it because it's a very important. Like, if I don't have those analytics, those are potential business deals that I'm losing out on, right? So yeah, and I mean, you're um, how how many months now are you into your account? You've been doing it for how long, would you say? Well, it's actually, uh, it hit a year uh, last week, I think. Oh, you didn't even tell me. Well, end of August. No, because you know <laughs> well, what? you know what, though? I'm not too much into the anniversary things. Yeah, I know, but no, but I really like, started in January. That's when I actually, that's when I, like, when I actually first met Mike or a little bit before. Okay, that's, that's when, when you I started really, taking it more seriously, yeah. That's when I can but, actually consider. But you're saying that, like... August of 2018 is when you started your All late August, basically September, like around this time is when I started it. But I literally posted once every four months or something. Didn't even go on. Like, wasn't actually... Shit, was it, was it that uh, and then And then in December, I kind of ramped it up. And then when I talked, when I met Bolton, I was at 600. And I started going out a little bit more. And then um, since then, uh, a week later, I was at like a 1,000. Then 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. So really my, yeah, I've been around for a year, but my actual growth has only been about eight months since I've actually been doing this influencer thing. So really, yeah, about eight months. Wouldn't, would you consider that's fair? I, I haven't really been doing this for a year because I haven't been actually taking it seriously. You know what I mean? Well, as far as I'm concerned, if you aren't posting at least once a week, now there are exceptions to this rule. There's a girl. Um, her her handle is Grab Some Cake. Have you seen that account? Grab Some Cake. Mm, no. So she like first of all, super super nice girl. Her account is all about these uh, cakes that she's desi- designs, and they they're amazing and they're so beautiful that people repost them. Uh, a lot of accounts and big accounts too have reposted her stuff. She's at like 10K, but, and she's come up really quick. The really uh, crazy thing is though, I swear to God, she posts like once a month, if that. It's just that she makes every post count so much. That's like even like my account. I only post about twice. Like I do these little pockets where let's say I hang out with Mike for like three days. I'll be posting heavy content for three days. And then the fourth day when I'm you know, doing other stuff. And then I won't post for like three days. I take like a little break and it actually works out because like in the three, four day break before I post again, that that, that first post, you better believe it's going to be a fire post. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's And you can also go out of your way to make sure that that caption is just 
absolutely because I have fire, more time to think like about beautifully it. crafted, every word perfect. I find, you I know, find, I find when you're a normal person like me, <laughs> right? You can't just like, let's say I went to a restaurant every day, my creativity would actually go down because I'm doing it to, it's almost like a habit and I just want to get out, you know, but if I'm, I have a couple days to relax and be in my own element, then it's easier for me to be creative. Now I've, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, now you think you would think that with me, with me posting every day that I would just get kind of get like uh, creatively zapped, but I'm not I'm not uh, not gonna lie. Like most of the time, I actually do still have the creativity, but every now and then there will be there will be a moment where I'm low on time, but I still want to get that post out, and I'll just do something a lot more like. Simple, you know, well, List, yeah. listing the uh, listing the name of the, the the food, the ingredients that went into it, and the name of the restaurant, and like geotagging it, drop my hashtags, and then that's it. Those are those moments where it's like I'm on such a low um, time frame that I can't really craft like an actual um, well thought out caption. It's got, it's got to be quick, easy. I got to get my post up today because I have been posting daily for I don't even know how many months now and I've stuck consistently to that which I think leads us into our uh, kind of our last topic for the day and that is what are some of the tricks of the new Instagram algorithm with the fact you can't see likes now the algorithm is tough it's uh, nobody's getting nobody's performing like they used to Nobody's winning like they used to. With all that said, how can you still, to the best of your ability, try and beat the algorithm? And what are some tips in how to do that in 2019 and pretty much, I'm sure 2020 as well, what are some ways that we can do that? All right, so with all these changes in the algorithm and now you don't see any likes on other people's posts and you can only see your own if you click view insights. What are some what are some ways that we can still beat the algorithm? What are some ways we can still perform well on this new Instagram platform that we uh, that we have in front of us? Marcello, I'm going to let you start first with a tip that you might have. Cuz right. Yeah, go for it, buddy. All right, so my Main three would 100% have to be, uh, well, I'll start with one and I'll let Mike uh, journey off from there. My number one thing would be engage with people who are DMing you, engage with, you know, other accounts. Be involved in the community that you're trying to, um, you're trying to uh, appeal to, like other food, let's say you're a food blogger, appeal, you know, respond to other food bloggers DMs, respond to uh, people looking for restaurant recommendations. Do what you can to get involved and it, you'll actually get all that back. Like you'll get all the value you put out back. Yeah, like, and specifically in regards to the DM, of course it makes sense to respond to messages over the DM, right? Just in terms of the actual like real relationships you can build. But I do believe that there is an actual like algorithm um, function like that you benefit from, from responding to people over DM, 
and also just like messaging people over DM, right? Of course, like you never want to be fake, right? But like real stuff over the DM, real, real conversations is that um, you're, I'm pretty sure that Instagram also realizes who you speak to regularly and those people see your posts first because they, they realize, oh, that's a, a true connection between this, them, this and that person. So like these are like, when you're scrolling through your feed, you'll sometimes see like, oh, these people, these three people liked this post already. I think the ones that they show you first who like that post are like those that you correspond with the most over DM. They that engage with you the most on your posts. And for myself, there's also like accounts that like don't engage with me and I never see their stuff. Or even some people, you know, we talk occasionally, whatever. I'll like completely miss for like a week. I didn't even see one of their posts and it's like I didn't mean to not engage with their stuff because they're my friends, right? But it's just like your shit didn't even show up in my feed. And it's, mm. I guess it become, it, it's because there's no frequent in, uh, interactions on the DM or, or whatever. So it actually brings it down compared to, let's say, me and Mike were always talking, right? So I always see Mike's posts. That's true. I'll see your, it's always at the top of I'll the even yeah. I'll even see Mike's posts that I already liked and engaged with again before I see some of the other people in our friend group. Yeah, like, that actually has happened like with like, your um, posts a couple times where it's like, I've already liked it and commented. And it will show me your posts again. I'll, I'll give you an example. It's like it's giving me an update on what where your post is at now. Like, um, I'll give you an example. It was, it was Lauren, I think, okay? So, um, I saw, like, I didn't even, she posted, I finally saw, like, a post of hers, like, a couple days ago. And then I looked, and then, like, I missed, like, three posts. I didn't even, like, you know, like, see. And I was like, holy shit. She must think, like, you know, I'm a shitty friend not engaging in her stuff. But really, it was because <laughs> I didn't see it. And it's not because there's stuff isn't out there it's just because you you see what you engage with i guess like not necessarily comments wise and likes it's more like dm and uh and uh you know i guess who you're involved with is who you see more frequent and so what you're trying to say is that lauren should dm you more no no no, no. what i'm trying to say is that me and mike me and mike uh frequently <laughs> dm each other all the time so it puts his his post priority above even people who I haven't seen yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's a thing. I it's think a it's thing. a thing. It's a thing. Um, another one that people probably would not know about, and I think this one has existed for maybe about a year or so now, if you write a caption and you make a mistake in your caption, like you make a typo, you know, everyone hates that when you've, you've made a typo and then you got to go back and edit it, right? Well wrong don't edit it at least not right away my advice would be to wait 24 hours because there is it's weird but there is something in the algorithm where if you edit a post within 24 hours it does hurt the engagement now this was a rule that was apparently built into the algorithm I think it was developed so that they would be able to spend less time having to monitor your posts because you can imagine if someone put out a post and it per was performing well so then it got a lot of reach on it and then hit the discovery page for example and then they go and edit it and change it completely and put out a bunch of hate and like or like messages that Instagram doesn't want being out there well now it's already on the explore page 
So they developed this whole like don't edit for at least 24 hours thing so that they wouldn't have to monitor that kind of post. So it started as probably a functionality thing for them, but basically if you edit a post within 24 hours, the engagement will be slightly hurt. Um, so how much percent of that engagement do you think it is? Like 5%? Man, I have no idea, but I've even noticed it firsthand. If I edit a post within the 24 hour mark, a post that would have done like really great will now just be kind of like mediocre. You so. know what's weird about that is like, I recently got that repost on Taste Toronto and like the second after I went on it, it said edited, but like it blew up, right? So I wonder maybe it would have blown up even more. You know, yeah. Maybe those big accounts, when they edit their stuff frequently, I guess, because they want to be like, you know, more gram uh, grammatically correct on their posts. Yeah. So let's say they'll edit it right away. What if they're holding back their true potential and really they should be aiming for another five to a thousand likes? So some of, some of the bigger accounts, I feel they don't know these rules because they never had to adapt to you know, being a say slightly smaller account in the new market where you have to like, you got to hit everything right in order to get the reach, the engagement and, and everything like that you would ideally want because you don't already have 200, 300, 400K, you got to work hard for it now, you know? So we got to know all these, these rules to get us to be, to maximize our potential, right? Um, another one, uh, yeah, Marcello, you got you got another one or um, ways you can uh, combat this whole like thing. Um, you and know the what? algorithm changes. And too. the algorithm changes. You know what? Another thing is uh, being very consistent with your posts. And I know um, you know it's a little bit hard sometimes. You know it's hard to post every day, but I'm not saying that. Even you if you post every two, three, you know, yeah. days, a week even, every week, at least you're giving a routine mm. and those uh, followers and those engaged uh, viewers can actually, it's like something to look forward to. Like, oh, it's uh, Friday at eight. I'm looking for my Bolton's Bites post because every Friday he posts at eight o'clock. It's like a, almost like a routine sort of thing. And uh, if you catch an audience, let's say in a certain, certain time slot, let's say your post blows up on a Wednesday at seven o'clock. It's all, if it blows up once, that's all the power to you. So every Wednesday, you should actually post at that same time because you blew up once, you have the potential to blow up again on, at that time slot. You know what I mean? That is, uh, that is definitely, definitely one. And um, just to add on to that as well, because uh, Marcello kind of already started to touch on it. The best consistency is not just, you know, posting every day. Okay. If you can post every day, for sure. That's ideal. And don't let it hinder your creativity. Very, very important. Well, yeah, don't let whatever trying consistency, don't fit into a consistency. Choose the consistency that fits with your lifestyle right now. Because the best consistency is that that you can actually be consistent to. Instagram and all social media platforms they love, the algorithm loves consistency. And it probably is for that reason. For example, if you post on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. and it blows up, there's a reason. And you should continue to post every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Or another thing to beat the algorithm, and some people disagree, but I 100% 
am a testament to this Can I just say one more thing, though? Sure, sorry. In terms of consistency, the best consistency is that which you can stick to. And if that means that you're posting twice a week or once a week, but you can stick to it consistently and post at that same time, that is what you should do. If you are in the position where you can post every day at roughly the same time, uh, then that's what you should do. But this is actually like a thing with the platforms. They, you're gonna get your best results when you do post very consistently. All right, what I was actually gonna say is like I read online that using the same hashtags over again actually could hurt your engagement. But I am a firm believer of the opposite because whenever I had a post blow up on a certain set of hashtags I use, all I would do is let's say reuse those same hashtags and I won't get like the exact same, but I'll still get like, like even like when you look at my stuff, don't you see in the hashtag views, it's like crazy high, like likes from hashtag or like reach from hashtags are like crazy high because I stick to that same hashtag group that worked for me once and I notice it actually works for me continuously. Do you just use the same hashtags every time? Yeah, just but like I'll, no, I change it obviously. So let's say I, I did a mac and cheeseburger, instead of just putting like a you know burger, I'll put like I'll add like cheese uh, cheesy or like cheese porn or like you know uh, mac and cheese or like certain things that'll. So you connect. have some of your go tos. You know? I have like a core, let's say ten, mm -hmm. and then I add a couple, like three or four. Okay, but I'll, I'll show you them later, Mike. Maybe you can, uh, you know. And certain posts, I can act because I have a few groups of hashtag. It's not just one. So, like with my burger posts, it's been working consistently. But then, let's say with my pizza posts, I haven't been doing too too well, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a different group of hashtags. So I know which ones work and which ones don't. But I can't use burger hashtags <laughs> on pizzas, right? I agree. <laughs> they say vary your hashtags. Don't use the same hashtags. But I definitely sometimes do exactly what you're talking about, especially once you've, if you're posting like say, yeah, let's say yeah, you posted a burger, okay? But then you post a piece of uh, pizza, then you post some sushi, then you post a sandwich, and now another burger post comes up, and it's very similar to the last one, and the last one performed so well, 100%. I would go back, take that same group of hashtags, maybe change a couple, and, yeah. then, and then use those again. Because now you've had all these other posts that did vary what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, and now in terms of what Instagram sees, that pattern is not there anymore. Yeah, you're using the same group, but you've had so many posts that broke that pattern anyway. One thing for sure, the 30 hashtags that you selected for that burger post that did so well are going to probably work for a similar burger shot. So you can apply that to any industry, whether your page is like, you're marketing your social media services or you're a real estate agent or you're, a, uh, you're selling your own crafts online. If you knew, if you know that, oh yeah, that, that last post that I did with a similar necklace or whatever it may be, that blew up, but I've now posted seven other different things, you can go back to that original necklace post copy those hashtags and use those again. And I also want to say one more thing, because it leads on to something, I don't, I don't know if most people know this, but I almost want to call it a, um, it's also on the topic of hashtags. There's almost like a hashtag um, strategy, I would almost call it like a waterfall type technique, where what you want to do 
is you want to start with bigger hashtags. I don't know about that. Is that actually a thing? It is. It is. Okay. Okay. okay so you, now a bigger hashtag to me is like maybe anything over, you know, 200,000 posts. But of course there are hashtags that are way oversaturated with, you know, a million, two million, like you, 20 million, right? The food porn thing, I don't think no one can see the hashtag because it's okay, so no, fast. Okay, no, that's too big. Too big. That's too big. Okay. So if you, if you start with like, if you go with a number like 20 million posts under a hashtag, the moment that you post under that hashtag, gonna you're going to be like, there's going to be 50 other posts already under that in recent posts under the hashtag so that doesn't really make sense but you'd want to select like maybe a few hashtags that are at like you know a million now this also comes down to like the size of your account if you're a much smaller account you want to actually use hashtags that are smaller and more niched down to exactly what you're posting so for example if you're a smaller account you know uh, maybe you're under 5,000 followers whatever you'd want to be like Toronto, Toronto restaurants might be a small enough hashtag that you would still be able to rank up under. I think that's maybe a hundred thousand or something like that. Is anyone on an account called Toronto restaurants? That's a really good handle. And I might snag that right after this podcast. I mean, I feel like it would be taken, but yeah, um, no, but you want to go in basically a sequential order where you, you start with larger hashtags, for example, Taste Toronto blog to you, like if you're a Toronto foodie, right? Taste Toronto blog to you, um, Toronto restaurants, Toronto foodie, and then you scale down from there and you go more specific, right? Um, to to the point where you might even like drop a uh, Toronto food blog, for example. That's a smaller Toronto food bloggers, which is like maybe like 4,000, right? Because one thing for sure, Teal food blogger, which is like you're gonna have a better chance of ranking up under like a smaller, <laughs> smaller hashtag like Toronto food bloggers than you were versus say Taste Toronto. Um, but also you, even Taste Toronto is still kind of like semi-small. Do they have a question? Do they have a way to see who follows the hashtags? Like to see which hashtag has the most followers? You will see friends of yours that follow a certain hashtag. Because that's more important than having, you know, if someone's following a small hashtag, it's very good because your post will show up. What they don't have right now is they don't tell you how many people are following a certain hashtag. That would be an amazing advantage. But what they do show you is this friend of yours is following this hashtag. All right, and I have another thing to add, and this is my most important one. I don't know if I said that about the first one, but this okay. This is one of the most important ones. Is at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, having good product always reigns supreme. So if you're taking high quality photos mixed in with that consistency, mixed in with those hashtags, you're gonna have chances to get featured on these bigger accounts, which will actually boost your social media account. So if you focus on not just what you like. A little bit of what you like, but also what appeals to the masses and what is more brandable, then you actually put yourself in a position of power where they have no choice but to share your picture because it's so great. That's how I feel is that you have, you can't just follow these steps we're giving you and then post really bad photos. You have to take pride and like quality into your shots 
or else you're always going to be treading treading water and not going anywhere. I do think you should pick a niche, though. A niche? No, no, a niche. Like, sure. even with you, how you do post a lot of burger photos, right? But that's not my... I do post other stuff. It's, yeah, I do post burgers. But, it's about 35%, but it's a lot of other But the fact that you do post almost, like, maybe a higher percentage of burgers than other food groups... Specifically, yes. ...is actually better. Well, yeah... Agreed. You want to be known for something. Well, what, I, what I'm trying to say, I don't think you get what I'm trying to say. It's not about what I post about. It's about whatever you pick to post about. Make sure the quality of that post is amazing. Like the picture is amazing. I'm talking, not talking about what you write. The actual picture itself. Make sure it's like something you would look at in a magazine or something. Like the best you could physically do with what you have. For sure. You know what I mean? Like that's all I'm trying to get at. It's not about like, I. it is about your niche and stuff. Figure that stuff out, but also figure out what you do best and capitalize on it. That was my exact point, though. You niche down to what yeah, you yeah, do yeah, best, yeah. to burgers. Yeah. All these things come out. Oh, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> but it's not, it's not one of these things. If you're only good at one, that won't help you. You have to capitalize on all of these things me and Mike talked about. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can't just pick your favorite one. Exactly. Yeah, no, you can't just be like, oh, no, you're I playing. I use lots of hashtags. You use, you use every one of these strategies in a cohesive way, so they all benefit uh, what about, what that. About, what about stories, Mike? Stories? How important are they to... Uh... I mean, stories are just another avenue to sort of draw people into your account, right? Um, now, do stories diminish the effectiveness of your post? Maybe. Really? Like, I, I almost have a theory on that because do you think Instagram is going to give you the same reach on your store, uh, your uh, feed post if you're running stories? Oh, it's like, oh, Mike doesn't need help on this because he's already putting it in a story. But I also feel that stories lead people to your feed post anyway. So overall, I would say that showing up under stories is a, a way of also boosting your engagement. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it helps your feed posts as well. All this talking about feeds, I'm uh, getting hungry for some pho. <laughs> We're gonna head to another uh, another uh, spot tonight. We're going to Idol on Bluer, and uh, they actually do Vietnamese food, but it's kind of like Vietnamese fusion, but they do like, they do a pho there, they do banh mi, and I think they got a lot of other options as well. Pretty excited about it. It's gonna be another episode of Fall One Six, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, I have like one more, one more tip. All right. Um, in regards to captions, because we never really talked anything about captions so far. Anything that you can do to get someone to tag a friend or to respond to a question oh, yeah. is obviously gonna boost your engagement. So great point. Now this doesn't work if you're if you're being fake with it. But like, you know, asking like a real question that's gonna get like actual engagement, like, you know, which would you guys, let's say you're doing a swipe post, right? And you had two pictures of like, say a burger. And you're like, which one would you guys choose? That's a great question. Because people are gonna be like, oh, I'd definitely choose the first one. be like, I wonder what I'm gonna choose. This one, or I wonder what my friend's gonna choose, this or that. Make it more general, like, which one would you choose? Not like, oh. Well, because people only care about themselves. Don't don't be corny. Don't don't try to like... They always think about what's in it for me, right? So make it about them. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, you know, in terms of, like, tagging somebody, like, uh, 
tag a buddy that you would like tag a buddy that needs to see this 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 shot or something, right? Which obviously is going to be like then becomes the the whole thing of like, hey man, yo, we gotta we gotta go check this place out, right? Or sometimes I like to dare people and say it's like a monstrosity of a burger. I'll be like, could you finish this? Question mark. Yeah. Eat this burger. Tag me in the post and let me know. If, I, I want to see if you guys can ha- can tackle this behemoth of a burger. You know, like along those lines of like challenging the people to to try something that you're trying, kind of starts like a trend. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's but, like I just climbed this mountain. Let's say I'm a I'm a athletic person. Um, are you up to the task? Question mark. Like something like that. Like, can you do this too? Yeah. But you really have to think about, like, also from the audience perspective of what's actually going to get people talking, right? Yeah, yeah of Which, of course, then actually gets some action going in your comments thread. So the ideal post would be something that gets people into conversation. And like, you know what's beyond them just responding to your caption? Yeah. Is getting people talking in the thread who don't even know each other. Great example of this. Remember when I dropped that McDonald's post? I, I just, it was a they call it the McGangbang which is like a junior chicken uh, McDouble and I said what y'all call this question mark and I have never had so many comments from random people who yeah. just wanted to state what they call it because it's something so personal and you also kind of like you were you were acknowledging something in pop culture like, pop culture exactly it's like a it's something that people know about and it's like it's, it's it's a conversation starter it's like the niche we were talking about find your niche Sometimes it's okay to journey off into another niche to experiment or else you'll, you'll never know what you're, you know. Yes. Test the limits. Don't be afraid to drop a post that won't perform as well. I post, and you know what? Yeah. And when it does shit the bed, don't archive it. Like Keep it there, man. It's okay. like you, you, must, um, you must be able to post and like realize what performs better on your page and what doesn't. But another thing too... Learn from your audience, but don't cater to your audience. Some people would say, listen to what your audience like is telling you and do exactly what, what they want. I kind of disagree. You got to be you because being you is sustainable, but look to your audience for insight on what's working for the particular niche that you want to put out there. Really quickly, I just want to say, another example is like when Mike uh, posted the video of him eating the um, plant-based burger from Tim Hortons, the Beyond Meat Burger. That got a whole lot of, you know, like people saying, oh. And that's not me. I'm, I'm not about the Beyond Meat no, Burger. of course it's not. But, you, but I'm testing something. You just want to see. Like, and I'm like, why not? And people were actually pretty upset, like, butthurt, like, getting all defensive. Like, buddy, it's a bird. Like, he's just eating something. Like, but it's good because uh, all press is good press, right? So... For sure. Negative comments in the thread are the same as positive comments in the thread. Exactly. It's all engagement. Yeah. I mean, if you can get the haters talking, you're gonna get you're gonna get the lovers talking too. You know what I mean? It's all engagement. And you're gonna find your right audience either way, right? But don't be don't be afraid to be a little controversial sometimes too. Um the very last thing I would say is this respond to your comments you got people commenting in your thread respond to those comments i don't know if you guys know this when you respond to a comment it actually counts as another comment don't be lazy but also when you respond to a comment 
it brings that person back to your post. Like Marcello, if I respond to one of your comments, you might come back and you might say something else. Well, you will have and now you have a whole conversation sometimes going. You, yeah, and the thing is, is um, when you respond to, it shows that you actually care about your feed and don't just like your comments. Nobody likes that because what that shows is you're, you're acknowledging that they commented, but you, you have no time for them kind of thing. And it actually rubs off the wrong way for right. a lot of people. Yeah, it's no good. Well, for sure. Or, or, but even just to get into technicalities, yeah. if you don't respond to a comment on Instagram within one hour, the algorithm doesn't favor that. Yeah. They, then, like, there's actually like that number, 60 minutes, for every new comment that rolls in is actually fundamental to the algorithm. Not everyone knows that. You want to respond to comments within an hour. And another thing to you know, try to whittle out your uh, people who don't engage in your posts and followers who don't actually benefit your page is actually go into a post and actually tag them and say, what do you think about this? Uh, or something like that. See if they engage. There's no problem with you know tagging your followers or tagging people you follow. Well, okay, so that is a new thing with the algorithm too, is like not everyone is gonna see your post and some people are gonna unintentionally fall off the radar radar because they're not seeing your stuff anymore so i mean tag people yeah it's no problem like one time uh one of my fellow uh uh instagram uh foodies didn't uh, i didn't call let's say like i wasn't engaging with their stuff but they were engaging in my stuff and i said and they said oh why aren't you engaging with my stuff so they actually tagged me so then i actually saw it like if you don't tag sometimes you don't see it just yeah. like what i was talking about earlier yeah and i mean i guess if we also want to go on a on a fundamental strategic level, the law of reciprocity. If, you know, if you want someone to engage with your stuff, why not go drop them a couple likes, comment on one of their posts. I'm sure they're probably gonna hit you back. But you know what? Um, we could keep on going on with tips all day long. I definitely could. I'm sure you could too as well, Marcello, but um, Let's just sum it up. Martel, you got anything to say? Kind of some last words? I've been talking way too much during this podcast. Yeah, um, to all the creators, content creators, bloggers, don't give up. Keep pushing, keep grinding. You'll get to where you want to be. Stay tuned, my just, friend. Just look at you, buddy. You were at 900 followers how long ago? Uh, and so let me tell you, this kid's engagement is through the roof. Like, not to big him up too much, but like, holy crap, man. Put in the work and it'll <laughs> put in the work and it'll come back to you. No problem. Yeah. Anyways, guys, uh, this is your co-host Toronto Food Reviews from the Everybody Counts podcast, and uh, me and Mike are signing off. See you later. See you next time, guys.